What's the Can I get your number? You look amazing. Hey, gorgeous. Hey, gorgeous. Hey, gorgeous. Why don't you smile more? Hey guys, it's Grace and Rose, Rose and Grace. Welcome back to our podcast. Today is a special episode because we have a guest on today. So DJ, um, welcome to our podcast. Rose, do you want to talk a little bit about how you guys met? So we've known each other for four years. (laughs) Anyway, DJ and I met through Tinder in 2016 and it all went downhill from there. And you guys might recognize his voice. He does our intro for the podcast. So I have a couple questions for you. We have a couple questions. This episode, we're going to be talking about dating apps. Uh, yeah, my experience with dating apps has been like uh, kind of touch and go. But for the most part, I've used everything from like uh, Tinder to Bumble. Um, just short of Hinge, like everything before that. I think that's one of the newer ones. But yeah, I've used mostly those. In your experience, would you recommend dating apps to other people? I would probably recommend dating apps if um, I had probably a few friends that were like close to me, if you were closer to me and I could like tell you uh, specifically what your intentions were, then I would tell you, um, you know, to filter out these apps as like, this is your go-to for, you know, just trying to, you know, meet friends. Honestly, probably sleeping around. <laughs> Whatever people really... There's apps for that. I mean, just to be honest. Um, maybe more serious stuff or honestly business. A lot of business stuff you can do through Bumble. Um, it's it's not a bad way to network, which is kind of weird, but it's still social technically. So what are your expectations when you go on these apps or what have they been in the past? I remember when I started college and this is the same time I met Rose... My expectations getting on a dating app for the first time, Tinder was like super popping and everyone was like, oh, it's great. You should go on there. I thought I was going to have like the fruit basket of women drop in my lap (laughs) because that's what they advertise. And I was like, that'd be great. Yeah. Awesome. First time there, you know, college life. It just seemed like the right app to go to. You know, it really spoke to me. So were you disappointed when you (laughs) <laughs> I was humbled. I was humbled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me be honest. It was a different kind of experience. It's a totally different, you know, it's not like walking up to someone in a bar, which I probably also would not do, but like um more subtly, you know, kind of like it feels more intimate, like you're already talking with the person versus having a, you know, you cut out all the legwork, it feels like. What do you think as far as someone messaging you first like is it attractive when a girl messages first or do you think that the guy should take the lead Um, I'm all for guys you know taking the lead but I do think that when you know girls go ahead and like like to take the initiative as well it shows that someone's like really confident and you know at least adamant enough to go forth and, and you know beat you to it it's very attractive when that happens so I think that a lot of guys, you know, would find that very interesting, you know, and kind of like mysterious in a cool way, you know. Have you ever had any horror stories from going on dates off of like Tinder or Bumble? Not exactly. Uh, Weird stories, plenty, you know, 
lots of um, lots of like mistaken identities or like just random um I don't want to call them attacks or assaults but people kind of forget you're coming sometimes and they're like who are you why are you at my door and I'm like I, I just spoke with you five minutes ago Sophie what are you doing <laughs> like, like I said as long as your intentions there you know what you're getting into I feel like the vibe is like very you know so have you ever been catfished by anyone on any sites or have you ever just met the person and realized that they have old ass pictures or like whatever the case is? I think um, I was fortunate enough for the most part, probably the worst case that happened. And this might actually be a horror story, which is where I tried a dating app. And I think someone tried to like blackmail me off of like I sent I sent them this like Google like um, Google pics or uh, images dick pic because they were like I want to see I want to see and I just I found like the weirdest whitest dick I could find <laughs> and I sent it because <laughs> I'm like that's not mine <laughs> and immediately after they like they have like some kind of crime ring on there honestly because they were like if you don't go to Target right now I'm gonna find you. And, and I'm going to find a way to, like, sue you for everything you have. I got your Facebook, your Instagram. Go and buy me all the Amazon gift cards you can, like $200 worth. I'm like, wow. Wow, we were having a nice conversation until you did that. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it escalated within, um, like, eight hours. And that site or app is, like, totally just for, like, finding people to sleep around with. And it was just not cool. That's honestly terrifying. Like, I would be terrified. I know, like, Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge all have, like, different ways of kind of communicating with people. Like, Tinder is more of, like, the app where you just want to hook up. And then, like, Hinge and Bumble are allegedly supposed to be for dating. But I feel like still, at the end of the day, like, most of the time, you're just wanting one thing. And that can be on both sides as well. But it's actually funny because Rose and I... So in the past, Rose and I have made a Hinge account where we had both of our pictures up and pictures of us, but we did it so we could go on double dates with people. And we've had some funny experiences on there. We actually haven't hadn't ever like followed through on the dates, but yeah, I still feel like at the end of the day, from a girl's experience, a lot of the times like they just want one thing. I haven't really had many good experiences from dating apps before. Um, I've made great friends. No, I've actually dated like two guys off of there. Yeah, can you give me a white claw? Um, but like I feel like it's more organic if you meet someone in real life. But I know that it's 2021 and that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so Yeah, I think a lot of our uh, expectations especially over the past year have had to be kind of um uh, metered like really really curb your enthusiasm on these ones maybe hope for the best honestly but it's you know it's all in all it's still kind of hopeful I guess um you still run into like the random bot every now and then from like Russia who's asking to be like your male bride but <laughs> that's another story it's funny because a lot of people I've met have been through dating apps and some of them like no we never like hooked up or anything we, we just ended up being friends but it's definitely interesting because I haven't really met 
people in like real life, which is so weird to think about because everything these days is just meeting people online. Like the other day, this guy just comes into my DMs, like never met him before. And he's like, I saw you on my discover page. You're really pretty. And I'm like, okay, is this how like life is happening? <laughs> like, is this really how it is? Or can you not hit on me in like person? My biggest fear one day is I'm going to raise my kids and they're going to be like, how did you and dad meet? And I'm going to have to be like, yeah, so like we met on Tinder. We met on Tinder. Yeah, farmers only. <laughs> yeah, we met on farmers only. So pretty much that's all we're really going to talk about for dating apps. I want to get into a different topic. So, it's come to my attention that a lot of men are very insecure with how they look, height, appearance, and it's not something that women really care about, but it, it's just so unattractive when men point it out. Mm, I totally agree with you on that. I think, um, especially in this country and on the internet, like the culture with apps and social media has like garnered this feeling of um, this the same is with a lot of like teenage girls and teenage boys go through where you see people on television or on music videos and famous people where you think that you have to look like them and have that body image. You know, it, it like serves the same kind of purpose. It makes um, young boys and girls both like ha go through bulimia and, and feel like they have to look and, and sound a certain way and like talk a certain way and, and buy certain clothes like. We've all seen it, and I just think, especially with this um, side note, really weird look into it, but I'm just now realizing with all, like, the Marvel's Avengers stuff, you notice how all the heroes, and especially the dudes, are, like, all jacked and buffed and stuff? Yeah, a lot of kids, I found out, went through the same thing in, like, the early 70s and 80s with, like, G.I. Joe, and so going into the 90s, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger always was, like, super buffed, and there was a bunch of apps, I mean, ads and whatnot saying, you know, eat this, have this many protein shakes, work out like me every day. And throughout like the 80s and the 90s, all the like superheroes and action heroes were like super buffed and just like ultra masculine, just hyper masculinity all the time. And it, it lends itself to what we're going through now. And same thing with women, like everyone wants to, you know, have looks like Beyonce and have hips like Shakira and like everything from from here to there and like you you can't have it all and that's that's the thing that they're trying to sell right now or I feel like happened for a long time what bothers me is I've had different men that I've talked to like I don't necessarily have a type I've realized but maybe I do I don't know but anyways so there's this guy he's super fun to be around super sweet he's Asian which is I don't care about any sort of like ethnicities and stuff but he always has something to say negative about Asian culture and I was speaking to Rose about this because I was like this makes me so uncomfortable because he just mentions like he's like I'm so short or like he'll say things like he'll make fun of the way that Asians speak or you know their language and it just makes me feel so uncomfortable because I'm like hey I like you like I like who you are regardless and it just it's hard to hear that because it just makes you kind of uncomfortable coming from like a white woman. Yeah. And a lot of I think a lot of Asian men don't realize that they have this internalized racism. And it 
kind of using that as a self-deprecating humor, it's it's offensive and it's degrading to other Asians because not everyone thinks the same way you do. And I don't know, I feel like no one really cares how short you are or like if you're not packing, if you know, if you lack in some areas because that's not what we care about. Like your attitude at the end of the day, like confidence is what matters. Yeah, totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, and I, I do think that's another part of like the trouble just here that like everything here that makes a lot of men, um, especially men of color, um, like just feel certain ways about how they have to be and like act in public or act to be accepted or to feel American or to like feel like you belong means self-deprecating humor and like just honestly downing yourself and like dogging your culture like it's it's not a cool thing to do but for some reason that's become American and it's un-American not to laugh at it but I think you're totally right where it, it seems to have just become a big joke and if people would just you know own their stuff and be themselves it certainly becomes more of a you know an attractive quality. I don't know what it is, but I think men of different like religions, cultures, anything, I just find it so attractive because I don't know if it's because I'm white and I'm just sick of being vanilla and here I am like talking bad about my, my whiteness, but I'm just saying like it's so attractive to me to see people like coming out of their shell and just like talking to me about their ethnicity and their culture. Like to me, that's so attractive and I honestly wouldn't want it another, any other way. Like when I'm dating, that's what I look for. I don't look for someone to be, to fit in with the crowd and try to be like a certain type of way. I just want it to be someone who's different. And, and here I am just talking about my type and I had no idea. I just want someone to be different and unique and sexy and hot, like regardless of like whatever, whoever you are. Yes, absolutely agree with everything you just said. I just hate that, like, men of color, and this is primarily men because I don't see it in a lot of women of color, but they really seek white validation because it's really funny. Can you turn that off? (laughs) (laughs) So it's funny because a lot of white people kind of have the same views as Grace. They want, like, especially, like, white women, they want, like, you know, a little bit of spice. <laughs> but when there's men of color, it's they seek white validation to, you know, just improve their self-image when in reality you don't need it because that's what makes you unique is your culture and your heritage and your background. Uh, again, I think you're totally right on that. And, um, I mean, as a black man myself, I think it kind of, it's more of an instinct that you have to learn before you go out into the world or as you go out into the world as like a little boy, you have to learn like uh, immediately how to blend in, kind of like how to survive and be non-threatening. And in that way, it really helps for, you know, when you're looking for like respective, uh, you know, wives, girlfriends, what have you, whatever you're looking for, it helps when that person who you're looking for sees you for you and really, you know, acknowledges that. If you were to go and, you know, take that in stride, which you should, but take it in stride and also let the person know that you see them, it goes a long way as far as letting them 
really know you're there and you're not really like you're not downplaying any part of them and you don't want them to either because you want them to have as much respect for themselves as you do for them and that in turn is like again very attractive but it it is hard to like shut that off or like turn it off it's it's a hard button when it comes to survival and like trying to really fit again like being american is so it's so un-american to not make fun of things sometimes and it's it's hard to do but just be there for them that's really it yeah and i guess it it's hard for me to like since i'm white i don't see so many different perspectives but i love listening to different perspectives and seeing how people were brought up and how they view the world themselves because I think it's important and that's all I really want at the end of the day is to share different experiences with someone like I think it's so boring to have the same experiences the same like I just want like I don't know how to explain it but so DJ what do you look for as far as like a relationship or in somebody Uh, when I'm looking for someone I'm Probably the first thing I look at is their face of anything. <laughs> and and I think that's great because, you know, later on, if you're that person that's like, oh, I just want someone with a hot bod, you know, it might be a surprise. Either way, it comes as a surprise later on. And that's great. I'm all for gifts. And if that's what you're, you know, here to give, that's great. But um, um, I look, probably yeah, look at their face first and then. You know, I go into conversation thinking, like, what does this person, you know, want from me? And what is it they want as far as, you know, a relationship, too? Because if I'm looking for that and they're obviously not receptive to talk of relationships or, like, seeing where things go, then I'm like, okay, this person's just here to, like, fuck around. So I turn on fuckboy mood. And then we just talk. (laughs) DJ is not capable. Like, I could literally, I don't think you're capable of being a fuckboy. Anyway. Okay, I wanted to ask this from a male perspective, but, like, do you think that women, like, do you think we're equal? Oh, right now? Okay, right now, I think society does not think we're equal. There's a lot of steps going toward it, and that's really great. Like, recently, um, Kamala Harris is the VP of America. Like, it took long enough. Like, what the fuck has been going on that it took this long? Um I mean, certainly there was a lot of hate for Hillary Clinton before and like even just smaller offices uh, or just like bigger positions, there's always been a ceiling and it, it's totally unfair as as far as like other countries and other places. All they've had as like a requirement is can you do the job? And that's all they look for. I just don't know. Why, why, why can't we do that here? We're not asking for a lot. Man or woman, can you do the job? Are you a good person? So being blonde is a struggle (laughs) because I've had so many issues like in the workplace because people just look at me like I'm dumb because I have blonde hair. Like that sounds so stupid, but like it's the truth. Like it's like, oh, here she is, this blonde chick. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And it can be really hard because you start to kind of categorize yourself as that. Like you start to put yourself into that category. But it's just, like, so untrue. Like, I'm sorry I'm one of the smartest people. Like, just because I'm blonde doesn't have to do with anything. So, like, I totally see that perspective. And, like, 
it, you just start to conform to it because that's just what you're used to. So this is funny because I actually have like the exact opposite where people look at me and they're like, wow, she's Asian. She must be really smart. And I'm going to admit, like, I'm not naturally academically gifted, but I work my ass off to be where I'm at and to, you know, know what I know today. But I've worked for that. And these presumptions that people make of me, it's it's because of how I look. And it's not really about my work ethic or about my skills because no one can see that from first looking at a person. Yeah, I, I think, like I said earlier, all that stuff about um, trying to blend in for survival and whatnot really lends itself to, you know, also just being who you are in a place, whether that's the situation or a town or a school. Like, if you don't tend to look like everyone around you or, like, act like them, immediately you stick out. And so just trying your best to be a part of that or, like, trying to conform seems to be the only way to get you know, to the next day. And if you're just going day by day, you're not thinking like, how can I be myself for the rest of my life? You're just like, oh man, I feel kind of stuck. Like I'm just here. I have to be like everyone. That's so true. What do you think as a man you can do to prevent rape culture? Ooh, that's heavy. Um, to help mitigate that, I think it helps a lot. Like, especially if, you know, I became a father or a man with daughters or even just like having sisters like I do now and family members that are women, uh, I think the best thing to do is to continue to empower them and let them know that they can do everything equally because eventually um, equality and respect for your daughters, your sisters, your mothers lends itself to them feeling that way about each other, which they should and have every right to, just like any man that could walk around here and do what they do. Um, and just having that positive culture will always lend itself to helping everyone else around them. And it continues like you give to one person, they give to another. You know, what's crazy is I was watching this show on Hulu called A Teacher. I just want it to be said that, like, regardless if you're a man or a woman, like you can still give off that vibe that's like grooming someone like you can still be older and be a woman that is a rapist or a pedophile. Like, I just want to put that out there because this show I'm watching is like literally changing my mind. And it's just crazy how like she is out here being a pedophile towards this child. So I just want to put that out there because I thought that was crazy. So how do you feel about older women grooming younger men? <laughs> of course, it's bad, but like... Do you think it has the same connotation as an older man grooming a younger woman? Wait, because some men can be like, oh, I'm a man because I fucked this person that's older than me or whatever. But really, it's messed up. Yeah, I think either way, at the end of the day, that's all undertones of pedophilia. <laughs> that is not okay. Um, but yeah, um, for the most part, I think that a lot of guys, uh, like Grace was saying, they take that and run with it and it turns into like their biggest fantasy or like pipe dream of, oh yeah, I was totally with an older woman. She took me out on her God, you know, she like has kids, but she still likes me the best. And I'm like, wow, what are you, what are you really saying? Like, what are you after? But no, nah, I, I say that to say, um, 
Yeah, that, that comes from a lot of immature guys who really are just looking to sleep around. They're not after anything but, like, trophies, and they take what they, – they, like, kill what they see, you know. It's kind of very one-track mind. Okay. So what's your advice for women when approaching sex? Uh, mostly advice for women when it comes to sex has to do with um, – being forward, like I said earlier, as far as like um, being confident about what you want and letting the other person know, or even if you're just not like telling them outright, kind of like in the moment or maybe before you get into it, you can still guide them a bit. You know, it can be sexy to lead someone with your hands. You don't have to really think about it. You know, turn off the lights, move with your, I mean, think with your, uh, with your hands. Is it offensive when women try to say what they want or like say use toys or something does it does, do you do you feel uncomfortable or is it something that you're completely open to totally open to that as long as it makes people have you know have fun in the bedroom if, if that's what you want to do then do it that's my take on it and anyone that's usually offended by that they probably either haven't been around it or they don't know what to make of it or they're insecure and that's just it's as simple as that what they probably could do at that point is try and take it in stride and say, hey, um, I've never done this. Just be honest. Admit it. You're in the most intimate setting with another person. Just tell the truth. I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening. <laughs> but anyways, I think it's just important to communicate what feels good to you. Because sometimes the other person might not realize that certain things don't feel right or it hurts or whatever the case is. And some women, unfortunately, they just go along with it regardless of how it feels. So I really think it's important to be like, look, this doesn't feel right. This isn't okay. This is what I want and how I want it. And if they can't do that, then it's time to dip out because, I mean, you can only do too so much. Are there any misconceptions that you would want females to know when it comes to guys? Okay, he's ready. Let's clear this up right away. Your foot size has nothing to do with the size of your dick. I'm just going to go ahead and squash that. has nothing to do with it. Um, also, fun fact, only about like 14% of guys in the U.S. are above six feet. So, like, stop worrying about their height and look at their face. And maybe worry a little bit more about how they're using their dick and not how big it is. Okay, so I'm kind of guilty of this situation as far as height because I'm 5'6". And <laughs> well, I, technically I'm 5'6 and a half and with heels I'm usually like 5'7 and a half. So like, I don't know. But anyway, so I met this guy on Hinge like a while back and he had this friend who... So <laughs> he wanted to go on a double date with Rose and I and one of his friends. And his friend was five. I think it was 5'9", and I was like, I'm just going to round it up to, like, 5'10", 5'12". <laughs> and he's like, don't do that. Like, Rose had never met this guy before, and I was just like, you know, I'm just going to round it up. But, like, honestly, it doesn't always have to do with height, but um, as a tall female, it is kind of difficult to oversee that. But at the end of the day, if you're just, like, a cool guy and you're cute, like, that's all that really matters. It does not matter how short you are. It's the confidence for me. If you could give up one thing, would you give up role play or foreplay? Foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> foreplay. 
Foreplay. <laughs> yeah, foreplay is a big thing. Maybe foreplay. Maybe what? foreplay. Maybe. Maybe it depends on the person. But, like, it's hard because, like, foreplay is really fun. And I feel like it's the most organic out of the two because, like, role play, you, like, go into it, like, both ways. You know what you're going to do and you know why you're doing it. But one does feel more natural than the other. And I, I'd say that probably would be, like, maybe I'll, no, maybe I would give up role play. You're right. I recant that. I take it back. <laughs> it's, you certainly could blend the two and that's fine. And why do you disagree? No, I just feel like role play is so fun. And I just feel like you can be whoever you want to be and you can fulfill that fantasy. Do you, okay, last question. Do you genuinely think you've made a woman orgasm before? I think for sure I know when they do. And the ones that have faked, I have been able to call them out on it. Because <laughs> like, af especially after you've been with them for a bit, and if it's like the second or third time, or maybe even the half, a dozen of time, maybe by like the 12th time or the sixth time, you definitely know a person in their body by, by that point. And if they're faking it, I feel like you can tell, um, especially if they don't like say the person shakes, if they don't shake or do a certain way or breathe a certain way. I know that's not them. Like, I know it. And I, I think my prerogative is always to like, hey, if I'm going to come, you're going to come. That's fair. So what do you think of women having sugar daddies and OnlyFans? Listen, if you got to go out there and make your money, go do what you need to do, sis. I don't give a fuck what you got to do. You got two, three jobs. You got kids. Or you just want to have some nice shit in a coach bag. Do what you got to fucking do. I respect it. I'm here for it. I respect the hustle. I really don't judge. Um, I've had relationships where I dated somewhere older and they've bought me really nice things and really fancy things. And honestly, sometimes it's just cool to be with someone that can afford those things. Like, I'm sorry, but a lot of men I've met these days, like, they don't even take me out to dinner. Like, they don't even, like... You know what, though? Like, men have a lot of mommy issues, and, like, they never establish... Or, like, it always overlaps into relationships because they have this, like... They have, like, boundary issues. They just... No, that's that's weird. <laughs> that's really fucking weird. Yeah, there's some men that, like, will tell you outright, like, on the first date, like, oh, my gosh, did you know people date people that are, like, their moms? And it's like, why would you tell me that? Why are you into that? Also, get away from me. But <laughs> but mostly, um, no, I agree with you on that boundary thing. Because moms are so close to guys with issues like that, it, it's probably hard for them to not be in your face all the time or up under you. And everybody needs a little space, and boundaries are healthy. And if they don't know how to set it, then you're kind of in a difficult spot from the get-go, you know? If you don't talk about it, you know, it has to come up at some point. Yeah, I just feel like sometimes it can be hard because, I don't know, like, I have a very strong relationship with my mom, and we talk about everything, and I think that's totally healthy. Like, last night I talked to her for, like, hours on the phone. But it just becomes difficult certain times and we talked about this in our last episode so i don't even know why i'm mentioning this um but anyways we just wanted to say thank you for listening to our new episode of why don't you smile more um i hope you guys enjoyed our guest our first guest dj follow us on our social media at rose Vuitton at gracie underscore sk i
Yeah, that's about it. And we should be posting every week. It's been kind of difficult lately because there's been a lot going on, you guys. I had COVID. I mean, we went to Denver. But we really want to stay on top of this as far as posting with you guys. So anyways, we hope you have a great night, day, afternoon, whatever it is. Thanks, guys, for having me. Having me and um, uh, yeah. Hey, gorgeous. Why don't you smile more? <laughs> That's me. Okay, bye.